Welcome back to Take It From Us. This week, we are recapping the Super Bowl, uh, talking a little bit of college basketball. We got myself, Jake, Colin, Brooke, and this week, a special guest, Austin Sidzik. Uh, Talk about a little bit of college basketball and recap Super Bowl with us, so excited to get into it. Uh, Buffoon of the week, of course, and then see what time we have left for at the end there. So, boys... Anything, any initial thoughts leading in this episode? Just one thought, and it's just one word, sad. <laughs> sad. See, you guys already talked about how you weren't going to get into it tonight, but I was looking forward to you guys actually getting into it. <laughs> but We'll see. Sometimes spur of the moment, I get yeah. very passionate about yeah. my But about my the thing is, you guys, are both, you guys are both gentlemen, which I respect. Right. Gentlemen. But I'd love, sometimes I'd love, I would just love some jaw, mm-hmm. some John. I mean, we're gentlemen athletes and scholars, but we can still get into it. We're still very fiery competitors, so we'll see. That's true. Austin, any thoughts? I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> it's good. You're only excited. here so you won't get fined. Yep. Yes, I'm excited. <laughs> I mean, if you, want to, if you want to spin it one way, your team made the playoffs this year. Our yeah. three had losing records. Yeah, so. true. Oh, yeah. Well, I can go ahead and kick it off for my initial thoughts in the Super Bowl if you want me to. Okay, asshole. Okay, I'll <laughs> kick it off. Obviously, I don't have a whole lot of room to talk because I'm still a Patriots fan. And part of me should be sad watching Brady go on and do this with a different team. But as a guy who my favorite athlete of all time is Tom Brady, it was pretty awesome to see him go out and get number seven. Uh, I think we kind of talked about this last week, so I won't dive into it. But I think that almost puts the GOAT discussion out of reach. Never know what Mahomes is going to do in his career. Could do something incredible. But I, I think for the time being, we can't even get to talking about anybody else being the GOAT. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of my initial thoughts on, on that. Um, I will say that I honestly don't think Mahomes played poorly. A quarterback matchup, both of them played really well. Can't remember who said it during the week, but – so on one of the talk shows, someone said, if you can name me a quarterback that you would have rather had in that situation that could have done better than Mahomes, go ahead and name it. And you can. Nobody in that situation would have done better. So I feel for him. He played well. It was one of those things where he was about one of the only people in red that showed up to, to truly play. I can think of two situations where he had two throws where I believe one of them was McCole Hardman where it just hit him right in the face mask and then, in the end zone. And then was that the Travis Kelsey. the ground? No, that yes. So yeah. the very first, their first drive of the game, he had Tyreek for a touchdown, and that hit him in the face mask. Mm-hmm. And then he had McColl stopped running yeah. on that like the deep over route, and like was just like looking around like it was a miscommunication. But like they yeah. showed the replay, and he just stopped. Kelsey dropped the first down in the second drive. Oh. I mean, who's who's their backup running back? Their running back Darrell Williams. Darrell was the one that I think he threw from like. Yeah, Five, six inches off the ground. Oh, and was that him? him? That was when the one he was parallel. Yeah, okay. that's the one that like yeah, hit him well. square in the face mask. Okay, that's I, just unbelievable. I was thinking about this earlier today. It just kind of hit me like the way Brady and Gronk were talking. I feel like Bruce Arians doesn't get enough credit for this Super Bowl win just because, like, they were talking about how like those two guys would ask for days off, and like Arians was like, "Go for it! Like, I need you on Sunday. I don't need you on Wednesday." And, like, they said that was, like, the biggest thing that brought them to Tampa Bay is, like, Belichick was, like, kind of, like, for lack of a better word, like, a dictator and, like, like the Patriot way and wanted it, like, his way. And His motto is literally no days off. Exactly. And, like, when you got a 43-year-old quarterback and, like, one of the best tight ends ever going through probably CTE in his early 30s. Like, He's probably still hung over by Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, those guys – you know can play and know like would benefit from a day off during the week so I mean congrats to Bruce Arians because like he handled like think about how many like personalities you have there with AB Mike Evans Godwin and then all those guys on the defense and like made it gel like and look so easy Mm -hmm. but also like I I can't remember if you said it during this episode or before Mm -hmm. but how you said just how the Chiefs didn't adjust to that and they're playing the cover two. I mean, <laughs> they kept they kept trying to run the short routes, you know, with Kelsey and mm-hmm. just whoever. And obviously, Levante David and Devin White are way too good of linebackers, the best linebacker core in the league. On that note, real fast, I think you have the best linebacking core up against like 
in that Super Bowl, Willie Gay was out, and I can't remember if anybody else was out, but like Neiman, I just remember just watching just get torched for four quarters. And like, I mean, the Chiefs secondary is like average at best, and then you throw in that bad linebacking group is like Tom Brady had an absolute field day. Yeah. I think if you could have given the MVP to a coach or a coordinator, you could have given it to Todd Bowles. Yeah. You easily could have just because no matter how depleted that line is, to be able to hold probably the most talented quarterback of all time with that receiving core to no touchdowns is incredible. Like you said, you have the guys ready to go, had a game plan after getting after letting Tyreek go for over 200 on you in the first quarter, was able to limit there, doubled all game. And I think the big thing, too, is Tampa Bay's front seven, they pretty much for the whole game brought four and got pressure with four. Yeah. So when you can sit back and have 11 in coverage, get pressure with four, and I mean a huge part of that is, what, three of Kansas City's, what would normally be their starting five linemen, four were out. So, I mean, that's one of those things where that game – probably looks a lot differently with that, but it's one of those things where it's like, at the end of the day... And see, that's where, like, my opinion kind of differs there because, I mean, Todd Bowles literally could have ran out JPP at safety, honestly, and they would have still got pressure. Like, that line was just so bad. Yeah. And, like, like we were just talking about the drops, if you catch half of those, they probably have two or three touchdowns. Like, in a couple of them you do, like the one that hit Darrell Williams in the face mask when Mahomes' arm is six inches off the ground. like, And then, you know, Kelsey, Tyreek, and Hardman are guys, like, you have to count on to, like, be able to catch the ball. So, I mean, I'm not taking away anything that defense did because it was really impressive. But, like, I mean, they could have, like, rushed three and I think still got pressured, like. It seemed like, like you said, every single time that Mahomes dropped back, somebody was in the backfield. Whether it was, whether it was Vita Vea, Sue, JPP, who, whoever. It's it just like it seemed like ne- it seemed never close. Is what I mean, what I thought. And even when when the Bucks were on offense, like it's just it's unbelievable. Like the different, like Brady, he'll take what he gets. Mm-hmm. Like he he doesn't have to throw deep, doesn't have to throw to Gronk. He'll check down. It just seemed never close. Well, and that's the thing. Like, Mahomes couldn't even take what he was getting because right. when you're getting pressure with four and you got two guys guarding Tyreek and two covering Kelsey and those other guys are, like, some of them, I'm just going to be honest, aren't good enough to get open against man-to-man. It's just like, what can you do? He ran, he scrambled for 500 yards in the game or whatever that stat was, was the most ever by a quarterback with the turf toe, not to mention, like, yeah. 497 yards behind the line of scrimmage. That's absolutely insane. Uh, I have two more things to say on it real quick. One pertaining to football, one not pertaining to football. Um, First one is I I think it's scary at 43 that Brady looked like that. And I think it pretty much really pissed me off to see Brady look like that with weapons. And you look at New England, and it's like you really decided to move off of this guy for (laughs) Cam Newton or Stidham or whatever the hell their plan was. So – as happy as I was for Brady, it was really frustrating watching that because it's like, dude, if you'd given them someone else besides Edelman, Nikhil Harry, and Martellus Bennett last year, like, so that pissed me off. Um, not related to football. Um, my, I think my most disliked person on the planet is Brittany, soon to be Mahomes, Brittany Matthews. It's no disguising that. My second least favorite on the pl- person on the planet right now is Randy Mahomes, uh, Patrick's mother. Um, oh, really? Yeah, so I did not realize until the day after. Um, started doing a deep dive. So I don't know if you saw when ESPN tweeted the picture of, like, Mahomes on the ground, like, looking kind of disoriented. Like, mm. So Brittany quoted that. You see that? I saw that, yeah. So I'm pretty much bitching out ESPN, saying this is corny as hell. You know, this is not how you treat an athlete. So the first thing I'm going to say is Mahomes is going to be doing a lot of Super Bowls. So she's going to need to figure that out. That Like, that's what happens when you're – the most talented person in the face of the league and Mahomes' mom also ripped apart ESPN um, and then tweeted at Giselle and said can you even call this winning uh, when the refs are so blatantly cheating um, that's my thing I love Mahomes for me I'm never going to be able to root for him until like something gets adjusted with the family there between 
like Jackson never shutting up, Brittany never shutting up, and now the mom. I just wanted to throw that last piece out there because I, I, I will, I would happily root for Mahomes the player for the rest of my life. But this one, this brought me a lot of joy to see, just so I could watch Brittany suffer. Like yeah, it's, he's Mahomes himself is a very likable guy. I feel like oh, yeah. player, obviously, but yeah, the family really makes it tough when you see Jackson posting like twelve TikToks during the game. Yeah. Like, What's her name? Brittany. Brittany, Brittany Matches, right? Doesn't talk. Like, it's always a scream <laughs> right in the phone. Yeah. yeah. Just super obnoxious. And I didn't even know the stuff about the mom, too. So, yeah. I didn't know that either about the mom. Because, like, the only thing that I saw about her mom was she posted a picture with Brady's. Yeah, yeah, I saw yeah, that. So, so, I originally clicked on that because I'm like, oh, sweet, very yeah. classy lady. And then I dove through her tweets during the game. And just <laughs> the rage inside of me was blowing over. So, like, how are you going to tweet that during the game and then go out to Brady's? I don't know. My my favorite one of my favorite Twitter personalities, Gabby Goody, longtime Cleveland Browns fan. She tweeted something about like the irony of that. But that's one thing. I real quick, since I'm curious to hear, I know you're a big Steph Curry fan. Mahomes kind of reminds me of like the Steph of For the sure. NFL, changing the game, mm-hmm. most likable by like a new generation coming up. Can you see that? Yes, I think I agree with that um, comparison. Just because now. I mean, with the exception of, like, Brady, a lot of the successful quarterbacks in the league can really move, like, mm-hmm. scramble to begin with, but just throw on the run. Like, you didn't see that with Manning, Brady. I mean, Favre would run around quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But think about the guys that are just strictly pocket passers now that struggle. Like, I mean, Kirk Cousins puts up decent <laughs> stats, but he can't – he doesn't win when yeah. it matters. Um, Big Ryan. Ben's getting limited. Matt Ryan, yeah. yeah. He, quarterback position's definitely – just evolving. change evolving definitely just like the game of basketball has you got anything else you want to say in the Super Bowl uh, honestly like it's just I've always been a Tom Brady hater like I I still hate him mm-hmm. but I'm still going to respect him and I even told I think it was I think it was you after the Falcons when he in the, the Falcons Super yeah. Bowl when he came back I said Tom Brady's the greatest of all time it pains me to say it but it's like he goes from Granted, he's got a lot of weapons. His defense is always there, but I mean, you can't deny like it's seven Super Bowls. I mean, that's it's just incredible. And I also loved it seeing him at the parade, just absolutely <laughs> housed, which is it like it makes me feel good because at the same time you see Brady, it's like he's he's like perfect. He's good looking. He's a great quarterback. He's got a hot wife. All this, yet he's still. I mean, he's, he has fun too. Which he for that Lombardi. Yeah, he did. Which is. <laughs> It just also too as to his le- like his legend status. It's like he tossed that over, over the water. That was a good distance too. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it seemed. <laughs> good catch far. by Cameron Braid. True. I mean, when you got like four hands reaching out, and he yeah. still catches it. I think Brooke kind of alluded to it too. I think that's the difference between being in Tampa Bay and being in New England. Like I think Brady feels like he can kind of be himself now. So that's true. Or be a different person. So. But all in all, really, I mean, like Tampa, like. I think Levante David doesn't get enough credit. Granted, he was on Kelsey the whole game pretty much. Kelsey had – he put up his stats, but, I mean, how many times did Mahomes throw to yeah. Kelsey? And another thing, too, I want to touch on, I always thought, like, even, like, the let's say the NBA Finals, MVP, even regular season MVP, Super Bowl MVP, I think it's – it's it's like, give it to the biggest name. Yeah. That's what I've always thought. I don't think Brady should have won the MVP. I mean, one of his touchdowns to Gronk. Gronk was, like, wide open on a flare out. He had a great throw to uh, A.B. I thought <clears throat> MVP should have been either Levante David, Devin White, or one of the defensive Yeah, see, line. that's what, like, irked me about – I mean, that's the only Tom Brady thing that really irked me about the Super Bowl is because, like, you look at his stat line and it wasn't, like, crazy off the charts. And like you said, like – I mean, he hit some decent throws, but, like, there wasn't anything in my mind that, like, jumped out to me. Like, Gronk was more deserving. And like you said, like, everybody's talking about what that defense did to Mahomes. Like, I just don't understand, like, why one of them wasn't. It's tough. I think that a difficult part of that, too, was Brady didn't really have to play a fourth quarter. They came out and ran the ball pretty much for the fourth quarter and aired it out a couple times to try to pick up first downs. But I agree. Like, it definitely could have gone to Devin White. But it just pisses you off because he does every little thing right. <laughs> and it, like, you can't, like, 
you know, yeah. like for the most him. part, it's a he does every little thing right. Doesn't do anything really spectacular, but he just has the ball in the that's right place what, like, all the time. Nobody has, that's what nobody has figured out about him. Is like, it's very mental when you play Brady. It's not like you have to put up fifty points to beat him. But like what Brady does so well is like when it comes down the time to win, like the guy does not make mistakes. And he like demands that out of everyone around him. So like the numerous game winning drives he has is just like, you know, he takes what's given to him, he moves the sticks, like he knows how much time he has, when he has to take chances, and like that's why he has seven Super Bowls. But Yeah. And that's why we're drinking Michelob Ultras and doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that doesn't help. I'm like five nine, you know. Yeah. God gave me a little size. I'd probably be tearing it up on Sunday too. <laughs> but it is what it is. He's playing chess. <laughs> We're playing checkers. Um, if you don't have anything else on Super Bowl, real quick, I would just like to say, on bets, I think I lost every bet I took. Almost, yep. I did. Uh, I did win a nice amount on Tampa Bay money line. It was good. Um, Kelsey receptions was automatic, like we said. Um, and then I think every other bet I placed did not hit. Did you, bet, you didn't bet yards? Uh, I did bet yards. Oh, I, no, I did not bet Kelsey yards. I bet total yards in the game. I uh, did oh, not come gosh. close to that. JPP was did not go over half a sack. He was like one player in that front seven that didn't get a sack. Levante Davis surprisingly shit? went under tackle. Yeah, if I told you just watching that game, wouldn't you say yeah, that JPP probably had a sack, sack yeah. and Levante David went over seven tackles? But think oh. about how many times he was right there. And I know. Yeah. Got the sack. Like he, I know. You know what the worst thing ever was? Is I bet Sean Murphy Bunting would have an interception. <laughs> and there were so many times the ball was tipped in the air and I would just yell, Sean Murphy Bunting. Thinking <laughs> he might be somewhere near, but... You had to pick that long of a last name. Yeah, dude. I'm Sean like, Murphy Bunting. I saw it sitting there in the kiosk when I was at the casino. I go, I got 10 bucks left. I could I could cash out nice for a Sean Murphy Bunting. Yeah. I'm telling you, Super Bowl bets are a ripoff. They are. I've never, like, the three or four years I've been betting, I don't, I think I'm always I'm telling down you, it's like in the hole. That Monday after the Super Bowl, like, bookies and casinos just have to be licking their chops. God. Like, because like, you know, like, a majority of those bets are, like, misses. And think about it, too. Like, all those goddamn props, it's, like, true and false. Yeah. You yeah. pick one, you pick one side. How the fuck are we always wrong? Well, think about what happened. Like, everybody's props had Chiefs involved in them. That's oh, true. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I mean, if you – I mean, not very – other than Kelsey, I don't think a Chiefs player went over their prop. Yeah. So, unless you were just, like, betting heavily against the Chiefs, like, I don't think you hit anything. I was so confident on the Chiefs to score the first touchdown. I had three Chiefs players – to score a touchdown. I had Tyree, Travis Kelsey, and I long shot Mahomes. Yeah. Rushed it in. Yeah, <laughs> Mahomes over seven. rushing yards, I think, hit. But. I, will, uh, I will say, I think it was impressive of me to miss the first possible bet you could miss and the last possible. I bet uh, tails, and it was heads, and I bet um, red or orange Gatorade, and it was blue. So literally from before the kickoff to post-game <laughs> celebration, I lost bets. It was awesome. Just you can't make some of that stuff up. So, um, okay, like two red teams and you have blue Gatorade. Yeah, it's just disrespectful. Real quick, um, before we move on to college basketball, I'd like to go around and get the way too early Super Bowl prediction for next year. Oh, I uh, I'll start off and I'll, I'll go the easy route. You didn't even give me time to think about it. It's well because it should be easy. It's a rematch. Oh, if um, if Tampa Bay brings everyone back and like Mahomes has a healthy line, yeah. I don't know. Uh, the only thing I can see stopping that is I could see if the Bills continue to develop, they could give the Chiefs a run, I think. And if the Rams come out and look hot with Stafford, which I think they will, I could see that. Or this is before, I'll say this before right now, Deshaun Watson, if he goes to like the 49ers, I think it's over too. Yeah. But as of everything, how it stands right now, I'll say rematch. Give me Rams, Chiefs. Think Stafford. Yeah, that much faith in Stafford. Oh yeah, I, I want to Stafford in that. Game. That guy gets so much unnecessary hate. If he's not in Detroit, incredible, but if he's not in Detroit, like what, I think he's knows. easily like up there with Rodgers in yeah. that discussion. <laughs> yeah, nobody talks about it because no one watches Detroit Lions games. But what Mahomes had for a line on the Super Bowl is pretty much what Stafford's had for a line yeah. his whole career. And, and, so. and I'll just throw something out there that like no one ever thinks about, but like. Stafford is a Hall of Famer, like, first ballot. I'll give props to Jeff Hostel because he's been telling me this whole, this whole year, he's like, dude, 
He goes, Stafford, Stafford's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I was, I'd always be like, you're, you're drunk. But I see it now, yeah. It pisses me off that he literally said, I don't want to come into England because Matt Patricia's there. If I was the Patriots and I heard that, I would have told Matt Patricia to pack his bags and get the hell out of there. <laughs> if that meant Stafford would come. But yeah. Well, he's got to know Matt Patricia answers to daddy up there, so that shouldn't much matter to him. You said it again? Well, answers to who? <laughs> I said there. <laughs> one. Um. You think Matt Patricia is going to overrule Bill <laughs> Belichick in New England? But still my favorite. My favorite of those videos from the Super post-Super Bowl is when, like, you got Levante David saying, like, yeah, like, I want to come back. I love when Arians comes in and he goes, your ass ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I love that shit. It's a fun guy. But if he's right, yeah, I, it's hard to not say that it's going to be Bucks Chiefs again. Yeah. But like you said, who knows? Dude, they were talking about this could be, like, one of the biggest off-seasons in NFL mm-hmm. history. I mean, what I was going to say, as it stands right now, I think the NFC is just at an all-time weak level. Like, Rodgers and Green Bay choke every year. I mean, unless the Rams are good, like, I don't see anybody hanging with them. Breeze is gone. Like Seattle should be good, but Russ is running his life every year, and their defense is horrible. That's what I'm saying. Like, Seattle lost to John Wolford. I don't even know his name. Like, Dude, Russ could get traded, too. They're talking... Yeah, he wants out or something. Yeah, he said... He's like... He goes, you know, I like being in Seattle, but... I don't like being sacked, you know, 30 whatever times. This is like a year. 5'11", like yeah. 190. Yeah. Like, that guy can't. I think I would cut my pinky off for Russ to come to England for the rest of his career. Would cut my pinky off. You, you gotta... I'm not betting my pinky <laughs> on it. But I'm saying if you could tell me right now that Russ would come to New England for like eight more years of a career, I would cut it off. If that was a exactly. situation. So you went rematch too? I went rematch, but we will have the same conversation in August. What do you think, Austin, just off the rip? I'm just going to make a bold prediction that they make a big move and land somebody because they had a lot of big pieces out this year and they're going to get them all back. I think the Niners get back there. I think they just need to land an above-average quarter. I think that defense is good enough to have them beat anybody. But Saul is gone now, the D coordinator. So That is true. Where did he go? The Jets. He's the Jets head coach. So if it's Garoppolo there next year, don't think they make it. They, you say they have to go get, dude. Even with Garoppolo, yeah, I feel like they could yeah. make a. They that could running game is really good. Yeah. Think of how, how many they guys have out. a pretty solid pick this year. Yeah. I don't know what pick. I think they're it's pretty top high. ten or it's right outside yeah. up there. Um, After which, this, we got to move on. You don't see a lot of first rounders making a huge impact right away, but still. Yeah, and then I, I just don't see anybody beating. I think it's playoffs are going to go through Arrowhead for a long time, and I don't see a lot of teams going in there and winning. I'm not sold on I'm not sold on Josh Allen ever. I mean, they could. I'm not saying they won't, but like I mean, they try I mean, it feels like they're trying to copy the ways of Kansas City with uh mobile Josh Allen. Josh Allen took a huge leap forward, but I'm not sold on their defense. And do you think Josh like it pretty much comes down to you think Josh Allen's better than Mahomes? Yeah, it's, and it's going to be one of those things, too, if we're talking about for a long time. It depends how long KNC can keep the band together. Yeah, If, if they can keep it together for a while, then, yeah, I really don't see that ever. Like, how do they, though? I mean, so... Okay, so... Under. So, Mahomes just signed a big deal. Yeah. And Jones is locked up. What about Kelsey? He's got two or three more years. And I would think he'd probably, at that point, if he mm-hmm. signs another two, because he's getting up there in age... Probably another two or three year deal after that at a veteran, like a, a smaller pay cut. So yeah. they could probably keep him as a chief for life. Yeah, that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to keep Tyreek until he, mm-hmm. he loses the speed. Otherwise, Mahomes is going to be running for his life. Yeah. And it'll just be interesting to see what they do with the defense. And they've always yeah. been good at drafting weapons. So, yeah. They're always finding guys in like the third, fourth round. So we'll see. Depends how much Andy Reid has left in the tank, too. Oh, he's, got, he's got a lot of tank. I hope I think so. <laughs> you know, if no one if no one snags up the enemy, I hope they just hand that job off to him because that guy can coach. Yeah. All right, what do you think? Move College on to basketball, the hoops. baby. The I hardwood. think hoops, hoops. I think this is a unique year for college basketball where the COVID stuff, like teams just sitting at home, 
doing nothing for a month at a time, like Michigan. Um, I was listening to Lenardi today, and he was like, like the committee's going to have a weird scenario. Like, Do you put in a team like Drake, who's won 19 out of the 20 times they've stepped on the court this year, or a team like Maryland, who's like 500, but has like four or five quad one wins, but they're 500. This is it's gonna be an unpopular opinion. I I personally think like <laughs> that conversation always sucks because it's like if you're a bubble team, I don't know how many times you make it that far. Like I get it, you have to do it, and like selection Sunday's fun. But especially this year, like I look at this this year and be like, if someone can beat Gonzaga or Baylor, like show them to me because I yeah. don't think anybody's going right. to. You have the outliers, you know. That's what's so great about college basketball like the Malachi Richardson Syracuse team who was in the first four games and they yeah. made it to the final four so it's like was South I think it was South Carolina in the playing games too the year they, they made it to the final four well and then what the what UConn team was the seven seed won it all yeah that was like seven, a that was like a seven three. versus eight national because Kentucky right? Ken, was that was the year eight? Kentucky beat Wichita State as the one yeah. in the second yeah. round was that Van Fleet yeah Anthony early. So that was like the Shabazz Boatwright team yep. versus okay. the Harrison Twins. Yep. Okay. I mean, it's going to be very interesting. I've been saying this since the start of the year. They they should have. I know they're doing them like they're doing March Madness technically in a bubble, but they should have did did it where like they separated it out so to have the conference tournaments in a bubble too. Like just because think of let's say if a team during the conference tournament one of them gets COVID and then they're on pause, then what? Mm-hmm. So it's like so a team's gonna suck. A team like I don't know, let's say not I wouldn't say Gonzaga or Baylor. Let's say like a team like I don't know. Texas like, Tech. Sure, yeah. Texas Tech. Let's say they let's say Mac McClone gets COVID. Then what? Gotta make like a going right on March point. Madness. You have to. Yeah. It's like you can't put March Madness on hold for a month and then we got right. And what if it happens? Sixty-four team turn. Yeah. Know? What if it happens in the second round too? So you've got teams that are played games, and you're rolling day after day at that point. It's like once that thing starts, if someone is out with COVID, like I think Boston College a week or two ago played with four scholarship players in like Iowa State to that night. Yeah, they were all over Oklahoma State betting. I remember <laughs> that. It's just like that sucks, but it's what it is this year. So another thing that's gonna be interesting this year too. As as far as like seeding goes in in for the tournament is a lot of a lot of the times you see like they do it like by region where you know if they put like a two seed as like a three so they're closer to home then they put a three seed should have yeah. been a three seed as a two so now it's all just like it's purely best, like yeah pure the best, best one seed will get the weakest two seed on yep. the other side so which is going to be interesting um, I don't know it's just going to suck without fans but at least we're getting it damn it. Yeah, I mean, been too long. Yeah, nobody knows better than us three who had tickets to go to Indianapolis <laughs> and watch games last year. We do got the ticket vouchers though. Yeah, we still do. That's true. Sid, you want to tell me briefly what happened with Big Blue this year? Um, that's a genuine. That's not me. Um, like, yeah, trying to give no. shit. I really don't know. No, like, yeah, I'm not gonna go as far to make excuses because it's very clear that this is one of the least talented teams that Cal's had. Um. I mean, when your two best players are both grad transfers, um, Brandon Boston's just been a huge disappointment. He's supposed to be a top five pick. I think he's at like 19 right now in mock drafts. Just super soft. I mean, he played for Sierra Canyon, weighs like 160, just can't do anything. Um, Starting point guard, supposed to be a senior in high school. I think the ask you. Ask you, yep. I think the whole, <laughs> like I said, the whole, not trying to make excuses, but I think it's somewhat proven with the teams that are struggling so much this year, like Kentucky, Kansas, North Carolina, Duke. Um, with all those teams, typically their teams rolling through top freshmen. Yeah. I think all those freshmen missing out on however many months of practice in camp. Yeah. You kind of get thrown right into the fire. Yeah, like they didn't have all the, no exhibition games, nothing. But I think the one positive way to look at it is hopefully a decent amount of them come back. That's my only hope. I think I've heard like two or three are for sure gone, but heard Mintz wants to come back, which that'll be nice. Yeah. What, Lovey's sixth year, technically? Yeah. yeah. 
See, and that's the thing about college basketball. You do, like, like we've seen in past years with like Zion and RJ, where the young guys work the the freshman five stars do work, but you you almost do need some senior leadership a little bit. Yeah. Just a quick side note there. I, I don't know if I'm going to try to edit that out or not. If I left the ping pong ball in there, I apologize. We had a we had a little mishap, but. It's a beautiful thing about listening to four guys drinking Michelob Ultra huddled around a phone. My is... dad's watching like Reno 911 upstairs. I'm like, hey, turn it down. Damn it. Is that why you stopped? Yeah. Oh, you shit in here. Yeah, so I mean, we'll, we'll see it. Maybe I cut this out. This, if is, I, this if, shit's uncut. If I don't cut this out, enjoy. This is hey, it's raw. raw it's natural. raw. But I had one thing to add about Kentucky. Um, I've obviously Austin with you being one of my good friends. Like I've watched a lot of. <laughs> what a douche! He comes on a podcast and he just. Yeah. What, well, he's our bartender, feeding us beers right now. Um, that is one thing though. Is you you watch them? They don't do. Do they even have like an offense? Like it's just like it seems like. Well, that's just go out there and like just do whatever. Like Cal, Cal's a great coach, good recruiter, and everything. I think defensively. He's a good coach, but yeah. I mean, on offense, you watch him. I'm like, whoa, whoa, what's going on here? No, and I think it was, I think it was, uh, I think it was Jay Billis on one of the one of the calls of their games. He was talking about they don't have like a Malik Monk, Tyler Hero. They don't have a scorer or player of that caliber this year. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times, if you watch them, like they'll run through stuff for 15 seconds just for Brandon Boston to get the ball and go one on one, and he's just not good enough compared to the guys that he's had in the past that he tries to do that. Yeah, like, when had, yeah, when they had that team. I think this was just like a weaker freshman class. It is. Years I think it was past. a weak recruiting class. Because, I mean, who's Jalen? I mean, there's Jalen Suggs. Yeah, Jalen Suggs was about the only one that. Take Cade Cunningham. I mean, he's, okay. yeah. he's having a good yeah. But, I mean, so those, it's, those it's, two. I mean. So Cal just kind of swung and missed on the guys he yeah. took this year. Which is, you know, I mean, he's had, he's, I mean, Swung and hit the ball out of the park a lot, so you can't say like his yeah, methods. One class, it just yeah. didn't pan out. Yeah, again, I'm not shitting on anybody. I'm just saying, like, I watch him. I'm like, but fuck you. What's what going on? Are but, for you, is it fun to watch like these high profile kids come in and like you know they're going to be one and dones, or would you rather have it like a program built around where you have more um, four year guys, three year guys? Because it's, it's tough. Because that's like it, what. I guess Campbell's when, used to it. When, it, when it works out, it's fun. Yeah, because I mean, with the except, like besides this year, and there was one other year, like Willie Cauley Stein's freshman year, they went to the NIT and they lost mm-hmm. to uh, Robert Morris. I, I do remember yeah. that. If you guys remember that, yeah. it's very. So they haven't had a team that bad, this bad since then. Yeah. Um, but I think I don't know. There's obviously pros and cons to it. it's fun because every year you expect Sweet Sixteen absolute minimum. Yeah. Expecting a Final Four run, um, but it's one thing is just looking back. It's hard to keep track of all the teams. Yeah. Like we talk about a year, I'm like, dude, I don't know. Who's on <laughs> yeah. Those yeah. Six different players. We were just talking about year, that last, last night. night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like I said, I just hope decent amount of them come back. Like I think Boston and Isaiah Jackson are only for sh- two for sure gone right now, which yeah, mm-hmm. can live without. And those Kentucky two. has proven they can win some games in the SEC. And as we get further along the end of the year, I mean, it's like. An old basketball adage, you know, by February you can start calling some of these freshmen sophomores. Mm-hmm. So well, it says I mean, can't win the SEC tournament. that's that was right? exactly yeah. what I was going at. Right, they're going to be a hot pick. I mean, for you know, Al- Alabama yeah. and some of those teams at the top know they're in, mm-hmm. and Kentucky's going to have the advantage of being one of the like the first games and getting warmed up. And if they can get hot at the right time and win the SEC tournament, team in the SEC that can't beat Alabama streaky, no. Tennessee streaky, very streaky, yeah. Maybe Cal's just playing chess. He's like, he's all these guys. Yeah. Let's like, he's like, he's like, I'm going to make things interesting this year. If I'm um, Cal, that's what I'm telling those guys. Is like, yeah. hey, save your legs. Yeah. Gear up and we're going to give this. They don't give out trophies. In My February. thing is, is I'll be the first person to tell you that they're bad. They're a bad basketball team. But I think they've played 18 games now. I think they're 5-13. and 13. They've had a second half lead in fourteen of those games. Exactly. So, so like they're finding right, ways to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just their last four minutes. I think on the season, in the last four minutes of the game, they're like 
minus 61 or something. Wow. Just get, it's the last four minutes outside of having a team full yeah, of freshmen. So. Exactly. Want to move on to you, bud? Talk about Creighton. How you yeah. feel at this point in the year? We're all Creighton fans at heart. Yeah, Brooks but not. Brooks not. I, I, I would like to be, but I could sit here in my Creighton sweatshirt. But deep down, like, I'll, I'll, I'd always turn over to you for the Creighton. You know. Okay. Side note: just while I'm thinking of it, really quick, uh, Nebraska's up one at halftime. They are up one. It is halftime. Well, when we wrap up this podcast, we'll see what they'll probably be down ten, <laughs> about twenty. Yeah. Don't like thoughts. Thoughts on Creighton. Well, I just want to be the first one to point out that I think Marcus Zagorowski has been a huge disappointment yeah, this year. Thanks. I think um, – I don't really know if it's his knee or if they say it was his hamstring, but even though you go back and look when they say, oh, he's got a hamstring deal, he was holding his knee. Yeah. Like, I don't care what anyone says. I don't know if they're trying to cover it up where it's not as bad as it is, but I personally think it's bad because – in the Georgetown game, when they lost, when they lost to Georgetown, I think it's crazy though too how they played him within like six days yeah. of each other. But, anyways, um, he just looks so tentative, and he's the type of player that could create for others. Mm-hmm. And if he even just like penetrates, gets in, drives, whether it's kicked to Balik, kicked to Damian, whoever, I'm I've just been really disappointed in Zagorowski, and I don't understand how he's getting all these. You know, nice Naismith watch awards. Yeah. I, it's because his name. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think it's a lot of these like big time companies like Fox and ESPN kind of like covering their ass. Like, yeah. I mean, he is averaging like fourteen and six, but like when you got Garza averaging like twenty eight and twelve, right. like. I mean, personally, I think the most important player on the team right now is Damian Jefferson. I yes. Mean, most yeah, easily the most important player, most improved. Given the MVP, most improved, one of the probably, probably the best defensive player that they have too, especially when when he went down against Georgetown. I'm pretty sure Georgetown went on like a ten two run. It's just he affects the game so much. He can drive, he can shoot. I I don't know. I just I do think this is one of Creighton's. I think the best defensive team that Creighton's ever had by far. And it's just like the off- offense has always been there. It still is. But the, I think this year is going to be the difference where you see Creighton's defense. And you need you, you kind of need that march. Yeah. Exactly. Where There's going to be off, close games. Yeah. The only thing that's going to get in trouble is free throws. Yes. And one thing I do want to talk about that me and Campbell argue about a lot is who has the deepest conference every year. And this year... Okay, I it's think, not the Big East this year. It's that's not. A, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of <laughs> down this year. I don't think it's the Big Ten. I think the Big 12 is by far and away the best basketball. See, we can agree to disagree. Oh, yeah. Always. I have a few things on Creighton. Okay. Let's hear it. So, I'll start with the first one. My very first thing. I'll make them quick. Um, It was crazy how when Creighton played KU, and I know you two were at that game, um, that felt like such a big moment for Creighton. And then you kind of look at it this year, and it's like, well, now Creighton's struggling, NKU's struggling. So kind of weird to see where we're at from that game. Number two. On that really fast, I want okay. to add is, as Campbell's talking about Marcus Sigurowski being a disappointment, when you have your best player on the line to send the game to overtime and miss a free throw right there is just like mm-hmm. a kick in the shins. I could even tell he wasn't going to make all three of those two. Yeah. He, he, like the first two, he looked so confident. And then the third one. and said, like, before the third one, like, he's, he's not making not making it. Third one, it looked like he knew, like, this piss was running down his leg. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, this could just be the way my brain works. I know it's a really stupid thought, but I think Creighton's game plan every game should be get the ball to DJ and clear out. And just let DJ ISO and see until either he picks up five offensive fouls or something <laughs> bad happens. Because I swear, I honestly think just watching him drive the hoop, it's either – he gets a charge, he gets fouled, he makes it, or he misses and gets his rebound and puts back. I literally think that could be your offense. You just let him drive and see what happens. So, kind of a joke, but kind of serious. I would, I would use him more. He's got some weapons to kick it out to. I don't know if you guys were paying attention during the, the Seton Hall game when they came back. Um, what were they down? I think they were down like 16, I believe. Yes. And they changed to a zone. And that was the switch. And... I think this is the longest and most athletic team Creighton's had, too. I don't understand why they don't go to that more often. I've always been on McDermott for never 
like making adjustments. That's what I was gonna say. This year he's kind of growing a little bit. Where it, what it is is Paul Lusk, who they just added him, I believe, two years ago. He's like a defensive guy, and you can see him on the bench. Like he's he's really active, like talking to McDermott, and he's up saying stuff. I think that's what's huge. I mean, we've we've talked about it in previous podcasts where I've always been like McDermott never makes changes, never never does this, but they made a switch to the zone in the Georgetown game and they lost. For like two possessions, got two straight stops. For some reason, they went back to man. I don't just. I would look for that. Hopefully, more. I mean, especially in March Madness, when teams don't have a lot of time to prepare, and you throw a zone at them, like they're gonna be. That's what I'm saying. Stunned. Like, it it's kind of bewildering to me. Like when McDermott's getting beat on, like in the Seton Hall game, like you're down 16. Like if you make a change and it don't work, like you're you were down 16 to begin with. But, like, in that situation, you found, found out it did work. Like, it caught people off guard. Like, Can I make my quick side note real quick? Mm-hmm. I did have Creighton in a 17 parlay that night Ooh. when they were down 16. Wrote it off, counted as a loss, came back and won, hit a 17 <laughs> or so. Mitch Ballack will always have a special place in my heart for Hell his yeah. performance in that comeback. The last thing I want to see on Creighton is kind of a spin zone with Marcus. Down here this year means... I would assume he'll be back next year. Not going to probably try to end the draft, I would think. He should after come back. He a should. year like that. He should. So if there's one positive from this year, unless he has an insane tournament. But but if there's one thing we learned from Tyshawn, kids, yeah. kids mm-hmm. don't come to Creighton to play school. So yeah. right. I do – you say you're going to move on? No, go ahead. Oh, I do have one thing to add too. So with – if you, it's interesting you brought that up because if Zagorowski comes back, they have a, they have a pretty good recruiting class coming in, especially this. I don't know if you guys heard of Ty Ty Washington, mm-hmm. who's coming in. I mean, this is probably the most excited I've been about a recruit. Granted, this guy gets <laughs> about every top ten kid yeah. there is, but I I think he's top right now. He's fifty two. Yeah, like fifty something, and. Like, just the stat lines he puts up, but also when you watch him, like, he has the basketball, like, mine. So, hopefully, when he comes in, Zagriassi can kind of, like, mm-hmm. you know, mentor him a little bit, give him, I don't know, 20-some minutes a game, get him going, and then bring him in. Because going back to, like, with Kentucky always being, you know, one and done and all that, I personally, like, I would – did you say you liked it, that they're one and dones? Um I think if I could switch it, because what they'll get like sometimes they'll get like three or four top twenty guys, which yeah. top twenty guys typically like the Harrison twins. Yeah, they stayed for two years though. Yeah, but I think like counties are more so focused on maybe go like try to snag up because he he can get two top ten guys every year. It's just the way it is, and then I think you go for like obviously you want to get the best, but at the same time like I mean how. Highly touted are all these Villanova recruits. Like they're not. No, not at all. So I'm saying, like, like you, didn't call you get like one or two of those top ten guys, <laughs> then then go get like the guys that you know. Hey, they have a lot of potential, yeah. but they're not there yet. Like we're gonna have them for Develop three years. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I love how to mix it up. Exactly, and that's why I love. I mean, bias, but that's why I love the Big East because you don't really see like you're always hearing the same name for like two mm-hmm. or three years. That's why I love like Creighton, like. Tyshawn, which I'm like, it sucks. It sucks even seeing Tyshawn leave after three years, let alone yeah. if it was one year. But, um, and I think that's like transitioning into who we're probably going to talk about eventually is like Gonzaga's, the yeah. Baylor's. Like, you see all those teams that are always up there. They have the veterans, which is huge. So, right now, as of what's today, February 12th, who just toss it out there? If you had to pick one team outside of Gonzaga, Baylor, to win it all. Who are you taking? I can start it off here. I am going to go with Texas Tech. I don't like Mac McClung. I hate Mac McClung, but there's something about watching him play. I think just the style of March Madness fits a player like Mac McClung so well that if I have to pick a team outside of that, that's who I'm going with. It's a very sexy pick. Very, I'm so glad McClung's out yes. of the Big East. Very good game between them and West Virginia. Because Georgetown would be Virginia's damn good. Too. Georgetown would be right up there with Villanova mm-hmm. and Creighton this year if yeah. Mac McClung stayed. Mm-hmm. Like that team is athletic; they just mm-hmm. don't have that yeah. guy. Yeah. So I'm very glad he's out of the bees. I mean, this team right now is like the fourth one seed, 
but like I feel like nobody really like truly like understands how good they are. Ohio State is so deep, and they are they are a little undersized with their bigs, but EJ Liddell and Kyle Young are just like EJ Liddell is a walking bucket. You got Dwayne Washington, like they at every level they have post presence. They have guys that can shoot, guys that can handle the ball. I mean, if it's not one of those two teams, Ohio State plays good defense. They run good offense. I mean, I could see them cutting down the nets. Yeah, Kyle Young's one of those guys that I feel like's been there for yeah ever forever. exactly, and that's why like I feel like the, he's just a workhorse. Like yeah. he's not playing in the like, he's not going to the league, no. but he just but that guy will go and get you ten, fifteen yeah. rebounds a night. Yeah. And who you got? Fuck, dude! Like I want to, I want to say Iowa, but at the same time, like. Why aren't they? They're like, gonna have to win shootouts because they can't play defense. Yeah, exactly. It's like you have the best big man in basketball, and maybe the best player, and like he can't, he can't like protect the rim. I, I don't know. Yeah. He's not athletic. That's no. the thing. Is right. He's seven feet. Does like, you see him like run down the court? Like he just looks ugly. like a big moose. You, yeah, you can yeah, tell. He it's looks like, like a lost moose. <laughs> yeah. That is spot it's on. Like, I mean, he will go to the league, but like I feel like he'll really struggle there because. He is so good at like, like the like Austin said the fundamentals of the game. Like he'll do his work early and he'll just bury guys under the hoop. And when you're when you're seven feet tall and you're the you're the top of your head is pretty much under the net. Like you know how to score and finish and get fouled. Like you just feast on like the average Joes too. Like mm-hmm. like the little the little big guys. I guess I was gonna say like when he played Kofi Cochran like. He still he still gets his points with the fouls and, and gets his rebounds, but like you can tell when he goes up someone against someone just as athletic as him or especially someone physical too. Yeah, more athletic than him, like he will get his lunch handed to him. Like just think of him going up against like the like the ADs or like the I was gonna say those guys it. are gonna eat him. It, up. Yeah, it's not gonna be good. But I wanna say Iowa, but you saw mine, I was gonna say Texas Tech because yeah. Yeah. I I hate Mac McClung too. I hate Mac McClung too, but like what what he does, like he just the way he can create different shots and like mm-hmm. I don't know, he just, he reminds me of like a <laughs> I don't know I won't say, he reminds me of, <laughs> he reminds me of like a I don't like a like a Kemba Walker almost like yeah. it has that feel to where he could he could do that type yeah. of run. That's what March is built for, yeah. right? Said you gonna say Ohio State. Um, I was thinking about them, but I think I'm going to go with, oh, man. Um, okay. Team has my probably second favorite coach in the country behind Cal. I think I'm going to go Nova. Big J Wright guy. Too bad they're going to lose tomorrow. They can lose tomorrow. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like as long as they <laughs> don't yeah. lose in March. <laughs> well, good. I, I do like that pick, though, because – a lot of people aren't talking about him too because they missed that time. But I mean, what's their record? Were they like twelve and two, or so they're eleven and two, or twelve and two. I know they're eight and eight and one in the Big East, but I couldn't tell you their overall record. I think it's like twelve and two. All right, and just but, real quick, I was thinking about this earlier today. Give me a team outside like the top twenty or twenty five that you could think make a deep run. UConn. I'm gonna pull up the top twenty five quick. So Mine is. Oklahoma State with Kate Cunningham. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Because what really opened my eyes was when they played Baylor without Cunningham and for like 30 minutes were beating them. I mean, given they crumbled in the last 10 minutes and lost by like 14, but if they can, if those guys can play like that against Baylor, who is head and shoulders one of the best two teams in the country, I mean, with Kate Cunningham, like you said, Built for guys like that, you know, making big shots. I think maybe a sleeper Elite Eight Final Four team, depending their route, as long as they don't see Gonzaga or Baylor, but those guys are tough. Mine's Auburn. I don't know where they're – are they ranked right now? Well, they can't play in March. They, they did oh, the, oh, that's, yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> they self-imposed yeah. that. Yeah. That kind of sucks. Right. They would have been dangerous this year. <laughs> I can tell you they're not going to lose in March. <laughs> Well, I take that back. <laughs> I don't know. I, sure. I think some team I bet SEC makes a run. I, I know they're, I I think they're ranked high. I would, One of mine is Arkansas. Yeah. Arkansas is damn good. They just 
I don't think they're ranked, but they're like, no. oh, they're like right outside the top twenty. Yeah, they just it's, hopped in the rankings last week, but they're like fifteen and five, I think, and they just they do. Kentucky played on the other night. They just do everything well. Well, yeah. um, but my other one was gonna be big time sleeper. If they this is if they get in, but I just watched a couple of their games. I think they're kind of nice. Rutgers. Thank I think you. Rutgers is pretty. And good. this is that was I wanted to see what everybody Harvard felt Virginia. like. Yeah. Because this is a weird year, so like. There are teams with a lot of talent who just like haven't played well. Mm-hmm. That like a Rutgers. Uh, mm-hmm. That'll be the most interesting March Madness thing we've ever had. Just because oh, like yeah. you don't know anybody could be inactive pretty much at like say, any point. So. Rutgers at one point was like in the top fifteen, and then they. I don't know what happened. Something happened that wasn't gelling. And first, I'm gonna answer your question, but also I'm gonna I'm gonna say something about the Big Ten, which you might be surprised, mm-hmm. but. Um, I'll I'll say UConn, uh, with James Booknight being hurt and everything. I feel like a lot of people aren't talking about him, but when he, I mean, when he's on, like he's on, like I think he put up like close to forty against Creighton, which granted every everyone gets their career high career high <laughs> against Creighton it seems like, but I don't know. Just watch out for UConn. <laughs> Do you remember when was it Colt Ryan was an Evansville player? Yeah, went for like forty six. Yeah. Yeah. I think at the old Quest Center. That yeah. dude, that dude, honestly reminded me of Dylan Travis. Yeah. Looks like him. Yeah. Do you remember? You probably don't remember Colt really. <laughs> from Evansville. Evansville. The Purple Aces. You shit me. Man, they beat Kentucky. Guy last year too. What was his name? Colt Ryan. I mean, this was like ten years ago, probably a long time. Colt Ryan, just an absolute stud. Well, it was all they had. He, he'd have like. I don't know if you could call him a stud if he's playing in the Mo Valley. He was a stud for the Mo Valley. I can yeah, tell you that. You if they had 70, he had like 40. He scored probably half McGee. their points every game. Fletcher McGee. Yeah. <laughs> I hated that guy. <laughs> Fletcher McGee. <laughs> Dude, that Wofford team. He almost like single-handedly beat Kentucky. <laughs> Side note on the Wofford, Fletcher McGee. Remember we were watching the Wofford? Yeah, the Mad Meatball. Yeah. yeah. The Wofford Seton Hall game. We were all like just hammering Seton Hall. Yeah. I lost by 19. We <laughs> <laughs> got oh, Wofford yeah, right. smacked him. It was like, yes. Was that second round? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I wanted, to, I wanted to say something about the Big Ten. So... Would you say this is probably the probably the most down for like because it seems like the Big Ten is always very top, which you'd probably disagree top heavy, which this is probably the the year that as far as the best teams the Big Ten goes is probably the weakest. Would you say? Well, you could say that, but you still got two teams on the one line right now: right. Michigan and Ohio State. Right, but what I'm saying is like no Michigan. I'm State saying like top like like top like six. I would say. Well, you got Illinois. Illinois six. I was what ten or close to it. Well, they lost, so they probably dropped. Uh, yeah, I mean, theoretically, like Michigan State being I was bad. Fifteen. All right, they're fifteen. Um, I'm trying to think of. There's more that's ranked. But I was gonna say Purdue something. Purdue is twenty four. Rutgers is twenty five. I think Where's this is. Because they, they're probably out. Because it always or seems 21. like twenty one every year, like. You know, everyone's talking about the Big Ten. Like, I, I, I'm not disrespecting the Big Ten at all, but I'm just saying, like, it seems like the Big Ten never makes that jump where it's like they're going to go win a national championship. I feel like either Michigan, Ohio State, Iowa, Illinois, I, like, I could see two of those teams going to the Final Four, too. See, but that's where, like, our opinions differ on, like, what makes a conference good because you could have one team that's great that wins, like, Gonzaga, no one's ever going to argue that, like, Gonzaga's conference is good, but, like, like if all it takes is one team, like, uh, for for example, like, the Big East this year has Creighton and Nova, I think, yeah. are the best two contenders. And, I mean, you can make the case for UConn, Seton Hall, maybe sneaking up there, but outside of that, it's, like... Nothing. Yeah, I agree. So, the Big Ten is just, like, I don't know how to describe it. They just beat up on each other so bad. And some teams, some conferences just, like, typically don't do well in the tournament. And I feel like the Big Ten is one of those conferences. But I agree. But what I'm saying is, like, like I said, I'm not disrespecting the Big Ten. I'm just saying, like, I think this is going to be the year that, like, the Big Ten makes that jump. And I feel like one of those five, five teams, I think, two of, I think two of those teams are going are gonna to make a serious run. One of them, maybe even the national championship. They could. So that's what I, I was going to say. Like, either Michigan, Ohio State, whether it's Iowa, Illinois, 
Illinois could be a sexy, sexy pick for dark horse. Good big man, good guard. Too. Besides Gonzaga Baylor. Yeah. All right, should we, should we wrap it up there for now? We got a lot more college basketball to talk the rest of the year, but oh, yeah. we're running up on close to an hour here, so mm-hmm. we'll try to cut it and most importantly get to buffoon of the week, the first ever. Mm-hmm. Does anybody want to kick us off? I feel like, Campbell, do you want to kick it off? Yours is probably the best. I'll kick it off. Okay, first of all, so, okay, so we're going to do a segment every week where it's buffoon of the week. For those of you who don't use the word buffoon in your daily vocabulary, a buffoon is a clown, kind of like an idiot, per se. But anyways, so... My my buffoon of the week. We're we're gonna always try to keep the sports late, obviously. But my buffoon of the week. He always has been a buffoon, always will be a buffoon. But most specifically, this past week, Draymond Green gets the ball at half court with eight seconds left, down three. Heaves a half court shot. Hucks it up there. Not the shot clock wasn't running down. Nothing. Heaves a half court shot. Misses Steph Curry. Steph Curry was having a great game. I mean, how many points did he, Steph have? I'll check, but he upwards I mean, of 40, I think. He's yeah. having a great game. Great game, and Draymond, he's from half court. <laughs> Granted, I don't know what, what he was thinking. He was thinking, he said after the game he thought he was going to get fouled. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, obviously him not being a confident. And that even shoot. puts the cherry on top to being the buffoon of the week. Doubles down. Is he doubled down? So he goes, it was probably, he goes, it was a smart play. <laughs> <laughs> In what world is that a smart play? I don't know. Draymond Shoot, shooting uh, Draymond Green uh, lifetime like twenty eight percent three point shooter shooting from half court. Like I said, Draymond Green always will be a buffoon. Always has been, and he's the buffoon this week. So all right, I'll, Ste- I'll... Steph had thirty two that night, six for eleven from three. Oh, <laughs> and if you look too, Steph was right. Like he was right yeah. behind him. Like you got eight right seconds there. left. Eight seconds. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Give the fucker. Right. Give him the ball. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll go. I'll go with mine next. Uh, the Houston Texans, I feel like J.J. Watt talking about how, like, he requested to be let go or how to get out of there just quick, fast, in a hurry. J.J. Watt kind of defended him, but, like, I saw a bunch of tweets saying, like, why are you not, like, at least trading for, like, a late-round yeah. pick or, like, a running back or something that you need? You just let your franchise sack leader walk out the door for nothing, for absolutely zero. Like, that guy's still a pro bowler. Like, you, I would be willing to bet someone would give up a first or second round pick for him. Like you, know, you said, I would give my left pinky <laughs> for Dallas to go get him right now. You know, I the, mean, you know what the funny thing about that is? I don't even know if that's the stupidest thing that Houston's no, done. Say, it's just but they, cherry on top. <laughs> it's just like, who, I mean, like, Bill O'Brien did some dumb shit. Like, trading DeAndre Hopkins for a second round pick. Yeah. I mean that is and 2016 dumb. superstar David Johnson. Oh man, oh, thank <laughs> that, God. That's what it was said. only four years late. Someone said today I saw on Twitter it was like Bill O'Brien would at least got a, a has been running for JJ Watt or something. But that is talk about being a buffoon. Like what is that franchise doing? They might be the Jets running it this maybe. year for the next five years. I'll go ahead and throw out my favorite baseball team is my buffoon of the week, the Boston Red Sox. For trading, it, this one is also kind of cherry on top. You traded Mookie, and probably one of the worst moves I've seen in a long time. Not bring back the second best player in baseball, probably. You don't plan on re-signing Jackie Bradley Jr., and now you trade Andrew Bantendi for a guy named Franchi. Like I, I, I don't know, I don't know where you go from here. Literally, the outfield that won the World Series and won 108 regular season games. Two years ago, now has no none of those outfielders left. Out of that World Series roster, which World Series roster is 26 players, there's nine players left on that team. Two seasons later, nine players left. So my buffoon of the week is definitely the Red Sox for taking Ben Attendee at his lowest value when he had a horrible season last year, not giving him a second chance and trading him for Franchi Cordero. Yeah. Franchi could be well, but I, I don't see Franchi doing that. I will much. say Ben Attendee had the best flow in baseball. Yes. I don't know why he cut it. Lettuce. I'm excited Real to see ladies, him. man. I'm excited for the Royal staff. I'm excited to see him do big things at the K. All right, special guest. What you got? Um, I was put on the spot for this, so I just remembered a tweet that I saw today. But mine is... Okay, Sis, what do you got? 
So my buffoon of the week is whoever runs this basketball reference Twitter account. I don't know if it's one person, multiple people, but posted their updated NBA MVP tracker after last night. And they have Jokic at one. And then, like I was saying, the big names, Embiid, Braun, Giannis, Kawhi, AD, so on. That's like two through seven. And then they have Steph at 10, okay? So there's a lot of people coming at him in the comments, like, how do you have Steph Curry at 10, blah, blah, blah. He's like, he's, this guy's basically saying, because he's barely over 500, and they're the eighth seed in the West. Okay. So he says that. That's fair. When it comes to MVP talk, that's yeah. a fair argument. But... The Warriors are 14 and 12, eighth in the West. The Nuggets are 13 and 11, seventh in the West. He's got and he has Jokic at one. one. So, like, that argument just doesn't make any sense yeah. whatsoever. Who? Okay. And the, it's called most valuable player. You take Steph off that team and they're. I don't know. If they might win one a couple games. I don't even feel like that's generous. Yeah. I mean, they're probably back in the number one seat for the draft again, so. Yeah. yeah. But okay, yeah. right now, who would you give the MVP to? I mean, I'm biased. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Dude, At least he's honest. He's averaging 36 and 5 in 33 minutes a game. Are we going to stop bullshitting about this MVP shit? It should be LeBron. Yeah, every year. Christ, Christ every Almighty. Year. I'm, I'm but the kidding. thing, like you said, or, like it's almost like a popularity thing. Like it's whoever it fits is. the NBA's narrative for that year. Yeah. So like Giannis. So like this year, this year I could agree like Jokic. Like everyone's yeah. been high on him at the start of this year. Yeah. Like as long as the they make the playoffs, I think. And let's be real. Who, who votes? Who votes on the MVP? Is it like a bunch of writers? I'm not a thousand percent sure. Oh, Don't hate me. I think the MVP so far is your staff. No, I mean, when you say most valuable, I like I look at seriously. I look at that team. And I'm like, without Steph, they are absolute booty. Yeah, horrible. It is. Hard I mean, granted, argue. the Lakers aren't great without. The Brown, only but... argument I have against it is like Clay's not there. If there were ever a year he could get away with taking forty shots a game, it is this year, and he's probably not. But I mean, averaging thirty six, I'm not taking away anything from him there. It's just like he has to to keep that team afloat. So again, I'm kind of proving myself wrong by saying that like he should be up there. He's one or two right now. I'm curious. I'll probably get hammered for this, but what's 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 his like? What's his three point percentage this year? Uh, forty four. Okay, it's damn good. Um, it's about what I shot in high school. Okay, I guess no more questions. But uh, his field goal percentage is forty nine, and free throws like ninety three. So okay. he's a, almost a 50 40 90 guy. Yeah. Okay. So. I don't know if that's. Yeah, that's been. Wait, he's. How many people have done that? Is Nash. He, is he even. Did I say he's the best in his family? Because Seth's on track for Seth's 50, 50, like 50, 50 and 100. Yeah. Hasn't missed from the free throw line, and he's over 50% but from three and field goal. Give him the MVP, damn it. I will say, I've, <laughs> I've watched. The Warriors are what? What did I say? 14 and 12. I've watched a lot of those games just because play at like nine every night just before bed. I flip it on. And I haven't seen anybody, with maybe the exception of, like, Harden, get, like, ha- the way mm. defenses approach him, like they do Steph. Like, he sees boxing ones. There's so many times where he'll come off a screen or something, and two or three guys follow him, and Draymond leaks out for a wide-open layup. Like, just the effect that he has mm. on the game when you have to guard him from 30-plus feet. Yeah, I'm seriously just giving you shit. Like, no, yeah. I've always been a Steph, <laughs> like, to be real... I love Steph when he's at Davidson, but for some reason when he got to the NBA, obviously with LeBron, that whole thing, I hated Steph. But I, yeah, I would. It's hard not to say like Steph is easily the most valuable player. But I'm either like I'm probably contradicting myself with saying like, oh, you have to give it to someone on one of the best teams. But I don't know. I think it'd be a race between yeah three guys, probably LeBron. Steph and dude, honestly, Jake, you got me on this bandwagon. Dame Lillard, Dame Dollar. what what he's doing he's with the Blazers? They just beat, I think, was it the Sixers last night? Yeah, I think they just beat the yeah. Sixers. I think the Sixers have the best record, second best record in the league. And they beat whoever had the best record last week. The Blazers beat them too, dude. And Melo, the Jazz right now. Melo is quietly They're good. Yeah. If you're gonna talk about MVPs, D Mitchell got those guys number yeah. one in the West. Yeah. 
Oof. They just I watched them play once oh, and they just play. You know <laughs> good. You know who the glue on that team is. It's Joe, Joe Ingles. Ingles. Oh my <laughs> get out of here. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'll say it. That guy would struggle that to That team get... has no identity without him. <laughs> exactly. They are Joe Ingles. Yes. That guy you, would you roll you oh. roll into Utah, you know he's gonna give you hell for forty eight minutes. No, just okay. just how it goes. So just like we did with I guess we didn't really do it with college basketball, but Let's say, like we did with the with NFL next year oh, for Super Bowl. Yeah. If you're t- doing your finals prediction right now, who is it? Um, I have... L.A., Brooklyn. I am going to go Clippers, Brooklyn. Ah. Okay. <laughs> and when I say L.A., I'm talking about the better team, the Lakers, so... I was going to say we should almost rule out, like... Okay, I was going to say do, like, sleepers, because Lakers... I feel like I would go Lakers-Nets, or... Clippers Nets. I don't think anybody's beaten Brooklyn in a seven-game series. I don't care what you say about their defense. Those three guys are hard to beat. If I had to go sleepers, I'm saying Utah-Miami. I think Jimmy could get them back there. They're like five and one since he came back. I think the Clippers beat the Nets in a seven-game series. Oh, the Clippers beat the Nets? Yeah. No, I I, I meant nobody in the East. Sorry. Oh, okay. 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 Because I think the Clippers won it all this year. Okay. Paul George. I think so, too. You guys are smoking dick. (laughs) All right. I'm going to play play this clip back here. (laughs) Just in the heart of June. Last year, so I'm doubling down. When we play this back in June or July or whatever, just notice that I said, you guys are smoking dick. (laughs) And Nets over Clippers in six. I don't know. Go ahead, Big Cheese. I would, I would, well, first of all, I'm not going to pick the Blazers to go to the finals, but I seriously think that they make a run and they go to the, to the Western Conference finals, to be honest. But I think it's going to be the Lakers. Fuck. I don't know. <laughs> probably, probably the Nets, too. I mean, it's hard, it's hard not to pick that, but. Don't sleep on the Celtics. I was going to say, not sleep on the I was going to say, but if I had to make a different. that huh? Besides the, the Nets, are you going to say the Celtics or the Sixers, probably? Okay. okay. Well, all I know is we have an exciting time coming up the next couple months. Enjoy it. A lot of good basketball coming up. Before you know it, we're going to be the day after the MLB All-Star Game, which I just realized is the only day of the year that there's not a major four sport going on. Kind of sucks. So before you know it, we're going to be in the hardest summer and have nothing to talk about. So enjoy the next couple months. College basketball. Soaking in, but to make up for that, to, without sports that month, we are gonna have we are gonna plan a belly flop contest. Yes, and we are we're gonna take send in your send in your applications if you want to join in. Be my guest belly flop contest. We're gonna promote it. Everything flyers, tentatively maybe a royal rumble. There will be prizes. There will be gift bags. Yeah. We'll we'll get to that. This summer will not be boring. We can no. promise you that. Free drink no. ticket. Yep. I can tell you, it, it, it's going to be a good summer. It will be. Austin does that. serve a mean beer, so plus beer. we are, it sounds like we are going to have a Call of Duty series. Yes. I don't know if there will be fans, but outside. We're going to get toasted. Oh, wow. I mean, Corona's going to make its way back through Omaha for like uh, a third right. time. We're going to be vaccinated. We're going to be vaccinated. We're going to be commencing suck down. Yeah. Yeah. Another way it goes. Well, sucked. <laughs> well, we'll go ahead and go ahead and wrap it up there. We went a little longer, so thanks for listening, Sid. Thanks for joining this week. For we'll be back uh, early next week, late next week, somewhere around there. Probably talk more college basketball and whatever the hell there is to talk about. Take it from us. Later.